Live from Mux Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Happy Thursday. Live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. I'm Ben Kenny. Mr. Zach Heilprin is here. Hello, Zach. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's good. Uh, another day spent with you. So, you know, <laughs> things, have been, things have been better. Uh, also with us, special guest, Wisconsin offensive lineman Tanner Bordellini is here. Tanner, a lot has happened since we've last spoken. You were with us during the bye week after the Purdue game. But how are you? Thanks for coming back. Doing well. How about yourself? Uh, good. Good, good. It's, it's been an interesting week for us, for sure, obviously, with the news. Luke Fickle becoming the 31st head coach uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers. I guess, what has the week been like for you guys within the building? Just overall, and then we'll go into maybe what the days have been like, but overall in the building, the you lose to Minnesota, unfortunately. The news comes Sunday. What's it been like since then? It's been a little hectic, you know, obviously with the new coach. There's a lot of things you got to get sorted out. Um, throughout the week, we all found out on Sunday. And then going from there, uh, it's just kind of been like, okay, you know, everyone's got to get an opportunity to talk to Coach Vic, you know, kind of get an idea of what his plan is going forward. You know, at the same time, we got to keep working, get our lifts in the weight room, and, uh, you know, stay focused going forward. But I, I would say it's just kind of hectic, you know, with the turnover and the coaching change. Yeah, no, it's it has to have been. I mean, it's just uh, an insane change, right? Like you go from playing a game, losing it the way you guys did, and then the next day, and, and for a large part of this portion, or the large time like the last month and a half it, it's felt like Jim Leonard was going to be the next head coach he's not it's it's uh it's um Luke Fickle instead he comes in Monday you guys had an opportunity to chat and talk for a little bit I know he brought in a bunch of guys what uh, what was that conversation like and what's your first impression of Luke Fickle he just kind of addressed the team because I know it's probably a shock for a lot of you guys you know I'm guessing a lot of you expected coach Leonard um but I'm here I'm, I'm committed to this program this is where I want to be you know going forward it's going to be a little different, obviously. You know, things are going to change, but the big message is what this program stands for and what it's about isn't going to change. You know, we run, we run the football, that's going to stay. Um, a lot of the work-hard traits of Wisconsin are still going to be here. You know, obviously there might be a little schematic changes, but the, the morals and what this program is driven behind isn't going to change. That's going to stay the same. Um, so I think just kind of addressing some of the big questions and concerns a lot of guys had um, going forward, I'm sure we're going to see more and more of new people, new faces every day and kind of get an understanding of who we're going to see more next year, what the staff is going to look like. Um, but throughout the week, it just kind of been getting situated, you know, getting acquainted with everyone, everyone kind of figuring out, okay, here's what we're going to be doing going forward, and here's how things might look down the road. How different is this from last year where you guys had, a, like, and obviously Coach Chris was still there, but you had a pretty significant staff turnover on the on the offensive side of the ball. You had a new coach. You have a new offensive coordinator, new tight ends coach, and now some of those guys were there already. But, like, is it, does it feel like that, or is this just so much different than, than anything you've been through before? I mean, I'd say in a way it is because at this point everything's uncertain. You have no idea, you know, what's about to happen. I think last year the, the good thing was we all had a pretty good idea of where things were headed. Um, you know, with the hiring of a new coach, he brings in a new way of doing things, and he's going to bring the guys he wants to do with him, you know, and rightfully so. But I think, you know, comparing to last year, I think we all had a better idea of what direction each room was going to be heading into next season and where things were going to end up. So I, when you talk about Sunday, when the news first broke, were you with the rest of us hearing it on Twitter? 
I, what was that like, like those couple hours? Because I was going out to brunch with my family. I was back home in Philly, you know, expecting a normal Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then I thought I'd fly back and, you know, we'd just get into a week, a coach would be named. Mm-hmm. But then that kind of just, it shook me. Mm-hmm. I was completely AOL. Like, I was not present at brunch with my family. I, I just, I was on Twitter. I was texting people. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really talk to them. What was it like for you guys and how'd you hear? Um... Like most people, we found out the way you did social media. I mean, that's where the rumors started circulating. I think it was about 11 o'clock. We all saw the first one. Like, oh, Badger's making a push for Coach Fickle. Uh, you know, you see something online, you're not sure if it's a rumor, if it's true. Um, I think a lot of guys expected Coach Leonard to be the head guy going forward. So it kind of came as a surprise. Oh, maybe it is a rumor. Um, and as the day progressed, you know, more and more information came out, came out, and all of a sudden it seemed like oh, Coach Fickle's really going to be the guy. And uh, eventually, about 3 o'clock, we received the announcement that he was officially the head coach of the football program and that at some point later tonight, we'd have the opportunity to meet and talk with him. Um, but it was just a crazy day, and just kind of finding out with everyone else was pretty wild. What were those conversations like with your teammates when you first found out? I was like, wow, like, this is a surprise. Um, I think a lot of guys really thought Coach Leonard was going to be the head coach, and I think that's kind of what – Made it a lot more crazy than it needed to be. Um, but with that being said, I think we all found out oh, Coach Fickle's going to be the head coach. You know, we kind of get to look into him, see his resume, see what the university hired him based off of. And I think we were all okay with the decision. You know, it just took a little bit to kind of get acquainted with. So do you think, I guess, off your first impression, you mentioned earlier, you know, his approach to running the ball and his approach to football. But so much of the talk when he was hired was, oh, it's not a Wisconsin guy. And everyone was excited about that because the fans on the outside were like, okay, we want something different. We want them to vary from what's, what they've done pretty much forever since Barry Alvarez. But yet, when I look at it, if you had to pick a non-Wisconsin guy that is kind of still a Wisconsin guy, that's kind of him for me. What's your impression with how he fits the Wisconsin way, if you will? I think he's going to be really good about that. I think he's going to come in here... He's not going to be looking to change everything. You know, I think the physicality aspect of it, he wants us to be a physical program. We pride ourselves on running the ball. He still wants us to pride ourselves on that. With that being said, he's going to make some adjustments. You know, there's going to be some changes, obviously, with, with every coaching change. Um, but I think schematically things are going to change a little more. You know, maybe some lighter personnel packages, different things going forward. But the morals that have always founded this program and the building blocks of this program are going to be the things that stay the same. Is that why it's an easy sell, do you think, for – Chris McIntosh to make it's it's a Wisconsin guy but it's not a Wisconsin guy type of thing because he, he exposes all the same values and virtues that all these guys have for the last 20 years mm-hmm. I think it definitely makes it easier you know having a guy that isn't a complete outsider completely oblivious to the program and what the program is but someone who's from the Midwest area who, who knows what the program is about hasn't been a part of it their whole career their whole time but has now joined and brings a new perspective from everything they've learned over the course of that time I think there's a lot of guys that are trying to decide whether they want to be here or not. Um, can we confirm that you want to be here and you're going to you're going to be here for a while? Yeah, yeah, I'll be here next year. <laughs> there we go. Breaking news. Breaking news. Tanner Bordellini is staying at Wisconsin. He is not not transferring. We, you know, as we, as first reported on first, Kenny and Heilprin by Tanner, though, I not by us. I can't believe we've gone this long. Why, <laughs> why you didn't introduce him as All Big Ten offensive lineman? Right. Tanner oh, Bordellini. excuse me. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, we talked on, on Tuesday about the, uh, the Luke Fickle fashion on the first day. That's not what I want to ask you about. Has there been any, uh, I, I figure you follow college football enough to know last year, 
Brian Kelly gets the job at LSU. He goes to an LSU basketball game, and he's a Massachusetts guy. He's not from Louisiana. And suddenly he gives a speech, and he sounds just like he's from Louisiana. He adds the, the family to it. Has, has Luke Fickle gotten in front of the team and added a Wisconsin draw yet, or is that on the way? Nothing yet, nothing yet. Um, maybe in the near future if he hangs out with us enough. <laughs> but uh, to this point, he's true to who he is, and you know, I think that's something we all respect. Have you had a chance to meet any of the – I mean, obviously there hasn't been any reported hirings, but you have, have you met anybody other than uh, Coach Fickle in terms of guys that are going to be around on a daily basis? Um, kind of met with some of the recruiting department. You know, okay. I think those are the guys he brought in the quickest. Yep. Um, so just kind of seeing them around the facility, you know, getting to introduce ourselves, you know. Not, nothing over the top yet. Uh, coaching changes. You know, Cincinnati's still playing this year, too. So how that's all going to turn over, how that's going to work, I'm not sure. Um, but primarily it's just been the recruiting department, kind of player personnel management. I, again, Ben's leading this thing, so... I'm, but I'm going to probably take it in a direction he wasn't thinking it was going to go. But ah, it's always up to you. All right. So how weird is it, though? Because you still have your, your assistant coaches there, guys that probably won't be around um, past this month. How weird is that feeling for you right now? Pretty weird. I okay. mean, you, you have a good idea that – I mean, both parties have a good idea of what's, what's to come. Um, I think, you know, just going forward, just enjoying the time you have left together, making the most out of it, you know – we battled throughout the season this this far. You know why stop now? It's unfortunate. Obviously, you, do, you hate to see your coaches go, um, but that's part of the business. It's part of the game. And if you want to advance, move on to the next level, it's something you're going to have to get used to. Yeah. So um, with with Luke Fickle there, um, I mean, we talk about his fit with the program, and and you mentioned you know the fact that he clearly has a vision for what the program is and I guess McIntosh wouldn't have gone and done the move if he didn't agree with whatever the vision is and obviously has to play to Wisconsin's strength you mentioned lighter personnel packages and what could be different in the future under him with whatever he decides to do on offense how much does that change from the O-line perspective because let's say you're one of the guards or the center or one of the tackles you know that you're going to be out there for every play you might not have other jumbo tight ends and tight ends next to you and it might not be the same between the tackles runs. Does that change anything, or are you still preparing a similar way? You just know the plays around you might go differently. I think you still got to prepare a similar way, you know, make sure you're ready every week and go from there. But with the system change, there's definitely going to be some changes in the techniques you're going to use, the the way we're going to do things, you know, what we're trying to accomplish on certain plays. In, In lighter packages, you might be trying to get the edge more, maybe some more quick hitters compared to, you know, we're going to run the ball right at your defense, 11 on 11. I, I think we're going to be facing some lighter boxes going forward, which I think will, you know, make the run game maybe a little more advantageous. Um, but, again, we have to see, you know, it's the first week. There's still a long way to go to where we're going to be next year and for the bowl game even. Um, so a lot of questions to be answered, and, you know, we're still waiting on those answers. It's funny. There is a ton of questions to be answered, and we're all over the place, and I'm going to go back now to another question that sure. I wanted to an- ask before. Um, that meeting on Sunday night that you had an opportunity to, to meet, it, it wasn't just obviously Coach Fickle. It was Chris McIntosh as well. And he told us on Monday that he apologized to you guys because um, he didn't think that the way everything played out went the right way. Did that mean anything to you guys as a team, or um, how did you take that apology? I guess it depends who you are on the team. I mean, I think if they accepted for what it is, I took it for an apology. Um, some of the other guys – 
th take things a little more personally, I would say. Um, and I think, you know, this program, Coach Chris being a very player-led coach, same with Coach Leonard being a very player-led guy, a lot of guys felt like they were involved with what was going on, felt like they maybe had a say in the decision and the overall direction of the program. Um, so for the awakening not to really have as much power within the decisions that affect you, um, I think that kind of took a toll on a couple, a good amount of guys. Um, and apologies go so far, but I think time heals all wounds, and I, guys will guys will come around and you know, appreciate the decision. But you know, I think right now it's just dealing with it and getting used to what we have going on now. I think I have one more question. The bowl. I mean, I have. Just kidding. I have a ton of questions, but the one I wanted to ask Ness about the bowl game. You, do you guys know? You guys, we don't know where you're going to be going for a bowl game yet. Do you know who's going to be the head coach of your team for the bowl game? Uh, from what I believe, the coach Fick will be our head coach for the bowl game. And how, how bowl prep's going to go, how practices are going to be, what we're going to be doing for the game, I we have no idea. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll find out more as we progress towards the game and we know we're playing, but until that date, it, a lot is up in the air. Is, is there going to be enough guys to play the game? I, I would hope so. I mean, I, I think we have a solid team, a group of guys that are really connected, you know, really like and trust each other, where it's, it's a lot more family-like than business-like. So ideally, that's going to keep a lot of guys around, and we should be able to, you know, compete and win the bowl game. But again, you never know. You have no idea. Um, come, come the transfer portal opening day, I have no idea who's going to get in, and it's a lot of guys' decision to make, and it's a big one. Um, it's, you know, so. I want to ask something off that because obviously the anatomy of a college football team is so important where it's not just what you're doing on Saturday, but it's everything that leads into it. And it's on a professional team where you might spend time with your family. Like you're in college, it's college football. How does, how does that anatomy work in your experience where you've had some people transfer into the program, uh, even on offense with a guy like Keontes Lewis, and then some people obviously transfer away since you've been with the program. Obviously, there might be some transfers this year, but how has that worked? And I guess what are the challenges with changing of, uh, like, with all of the changing in and out from year to year with what's important about the team, which is usually, you know, how close it is and how it works together? I think the thing that makes it challenging is you've been with guys for a number of years, you know, that you've gotten, you've came in with, you've worked every day with, you know, you've gone through all the same stuff together, so it puts you a lot on the same page. and brings you closer when you have a lot of guys transferring in and out I think it's a little harder to get as close with those guys but at the same time guys also make an emphasis to get close to those transfer guys you know make them feel like they're a part of the family you know really get to know them and you know, become good friends with them and I, th I think that's a good thing um, a lot of guys that transferred in here this year I feel like really feel like they are part of the family you know you've gotten to know all of them on a personal level and I think that's a really cool thing but the transfer portal is crazy because it takes this family atmosphere, turns it into more of a business-like, yeah. best decision for me, best decision for my future. So, obviously, people on the outside, and myself included, we look at the portal as just, oh, you, you check a box, you enter, you leave, you end up somewhere else. There's a lot more that goes into it, right? And I'm sure you've spoken with people that either had done it or, or know what it's like. Kind of what's, what's the whole process and how much actually goes into all of that it, it can't just be oh you know what i, I want to go play there so i click a button you know yeah, you got to get people to sign off on it within the program um which can be a little challenging a little awkward you know especially if you're a guy leaving asking for permission to leave or a signature to leave um but 
along with that, you're entering a world where you have no idea what's to come. Where, you know, it's, it's like being recruited all over again. Schools have to re-offer you. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's interested. You don't know who needs what. Um, so it's a lot of unknown, and I think with that decision, it's it's not as much checking a box as making sure, like, if I do enter the transfer portal, do I know I'll end up in a place I want to be, or is this a road that's going to take me somewhere out of a lot of uncertainty? I was going to ask about the uncertainty. It, it feels like that's just been the word that has been used over and over and over again this year, and it feels like you're still in that spot. Even though you know who your head coach is going to be, there's so, many, so much uncertainty with that roster, and with a position coach and just not knowing exactly what's out in front of you. And is that is it tiresome at this point? Just give me give me what I need to know, what I need to know now, and let me go. Or is it like I'm just going to roll with the punches? I mean, at this point, it's kind of just something you get acquainted with. It's something you're used to. Every, it seems every week there's something that you have to keep battling through, some uncertainty, some unbelievable thing that happens. Um, but every week, just keep coming in. As long as I think the emphasis is just on us, you know, keeping focused, working hard. If we work hard, that's all we can do this week. You know, with all the uncertainty, the one thing that is certain is that the effort we put in will provide results. And if we go put that effort in, we'll, we'll see those results on the field. All right, that is Zach Heilprin. That is uh, Tanner Bordellini, All Big Ten honorable mention offensive lineman Tanner Bordellini. Uh, and someone who will be returning to the Badgers for his fourth season, correct? I- I'm not wrong in that. It's your fourth? Yep, that's correct. This okay. is my third. Next yes, season. next year is your fourth. Okay, I didn't want to say something wrong there. Uh, he will be back with the Badgers next season. So uh, when we return, a lot more to get to. We're live at Bunks Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Listen, game day specials during the weekend. Obviously, no Badgers game on Saturday, but the Packers do play on Sunday. Now, I used to do this read and talk about all of the drink deals and all all of the domestic beer buckets now i will say that they have terrific drink deals and in order to watch the packers play you might want to be drinking given what we have seen recently so if you want to have a good time watching the packers monks in sun prairie is where to go to do it when we return uh, more chatter with tanner uh, we'll look back at the season a little bit as well that's all to come. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are live from Monkson Sun Prairie. Zach Heilprin, Tanner Bordellini here with you. The Badgers getting ready to hear which bowl game they're going to go to. Uh, uh, Tanner, I, I wrote this or I thought about this as a layup. So I, I don't know how active you are on college football Twitter. I don't have much of a life, and I spend much of my time on it. it it's electric. There's a, a Cheez-It deal. Cheez-It is doing this NIL deal with some players that will play in the Cheez-It Bowl where they stay in some uh, – you've probably seen the commercial where the little cheese say, you know, I woke up feeling the cheesiest, and, and the coach is up there trying to coach him. It's just cheese wheels. Um, a, a, anyway. This is so hilarious. You tried to explain this to him. Well, it's the whole concept of bowl games starting NIL deals with players where I figure the Dukes-Mayo Bowl will do something, even though they'll probably, you know, uh, frame something again. So bowls I've seen thrown out. Like, would you rather have guaranteed rate insurance bowl NIL deal where you're talking about getting insured for free by a company or pinstripe bowl where maybe I I don't know what the pinstripe bowl would give you. Uh, That wasn't really a question. You don't have to answer it. I don't know what pinstripe (laughs) bowl provides, but I got a feeling a lot of guys might not be so interested in an insurance deal. But who knows? (laughs) Right, uh, right. So you have been to Las Vegas. You've been to 
North, uh, Charlotte, right? Yep. For the mm-hmm. in twenty twenty. Do you have a preference? Would you like to go to a warm place? Would you like to go to a cold place? Do you have a preference where uh, it might be? I think, you know, ideally somewhere warmer where you can kind of enjoy that one week in a, a warmer area, not to wear a jacket every time you go out. Yeah. Um, it makes it nice. And when you play the game, it's not too cold either. You know, compared to the 19-degree weeks we've been playing a little later on this year. Uh, and the Yankee Stadium press box is Zach, open, which so, will kill Zach. So that, Not me, but him. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> My understanding is the three locations, and maybe you know better than I, uh, the Pinstripe Bowl, which is in New York, the Quick Lane Bowl, which is in Detroit, which uh, in your face I can say you don't want to go to, uh, and then there's the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is in Phoenix, which obviously would be the one place that you're talking about. Which It would be kind of like Las Vegas, though. Las Vegas was kind of cold last year. It was like in the 50s the entire yeah, time. At the same time, when you come from a 20-degree yeah, weather, it's like, wow, it's so that's warm true. out. That's right. true. Great weather. That's true. Do you have a preference like of those three? Obviously, it's a guaranteed rate bowl, right? I think I think a lot of guys Phoenix. think Phoenix would be pretty cool. Um, along with that, a, a lot of guys probably would, wouldn't mind going to New York, checking out. You know, it's a cool, very different place, bigger city. Um Detroit's not too far away. If we ever needed to go to Detroit, I think a lot of guys could just drive there. Or a lot of guys are from the Detroit area, around that area. So I think something new, something different is what a lot of guys are looking for. The funny thing is the Quick Lane Bowl, I bet you, like, has a lot of cool things they could go and take you and, and do, for, like, around the place. They probably have, like, a, a lot of, like, different things they could give you. But just being in Detroit, it's just, I mean, you're not even, it's like being in Madison, like, weather-wise. It just doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the bowl game. But it is, in, I mean, that's the one thing thrown into this. You guys went for a 21st straight year, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And yet you have so much change otherwise that it's, like, not even a focus. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you focus on that when everything else is going on? I think the good thing is for one week we have no idea who we're playing. So it gives everybody one week to kind of establish what's going on and what, what we're trying to do within the following weeks. Um, that, that kind of has allowed a lot more leniency, I would say, with, you know, what's going on. But if we had to hop right into a game prep or start getting ready to play someone, I think it would have been absolute chaos this week. Right. I mean, while, uh, I mean, games can be a, a distraction at, at times, I'm sure, with everything moving around inside it, it would have been tough. Um, I, I guess when it comes to the fact you guys are in a bowl game, at least to me on the outside, for Coach Fickle coming in, I see it as something that's productive and something positive, I guess, at least for him getting to know you guys and, and especially the ones that are you know, like staying around as opposed to say, let's say there wasn't a bowl game and he's there and then there isn't a game to prepare for and he's not there in the building. Like, do you feel that? Like the fact maybe there's some, some weeks to grow accustomed even while everything is changing? I think the good thing is that it'll get, like if guys stick around for at least one month, they can give Coach Fickle a month, at least to figure out, okay, do I like this guy? Do I like the way things are structured? Do I like the way things are trending? Um, I think at least staying around for a month would be ideal, at least to give you a feel of what, where the program is headed within the future. I think for Coach Fickle, it's a good idea to get an understanding of the players, you know, how, how are we going to be around him, how do we work, what do we do well, what do we not do well. And I think going forward, it's definitely going to help us a lot next year. It is the ability for him to see you guys in person, whereas, you know, usually a new coach coming in would have to just look at tape. Uh, but it's not even just the guys like you who have played a ton. It's the guys that haven't played a ton, and you don't know a ton about them, and you'd like to get that, that look at them. But in this age of college football where guys are so quick to just say, nope, sorry, I'm gone, how difficult is it going to be to get the guys stick around for that for those three weeks? Because, as you mentioned, when that portal opens up, I believe it's the 5th, the which is Sunday. Is it? Okay. 
whenever that when that opens up, it feels like there's going to be a bunch of guys going in there that are like, nope, this isn't for me. I'm just going to roll on, and he doesn't even get an opportunity to talk to them. Well, I think that's the hard thing is that, I mean, for me personally, if I was in that position, I would at least stay for this month. I think there's, a, there's with all that uncertainty with entering the portal, it just doesn't make sense for me just to hop in blindly and see what happens. Um, I think Coach Fickle is in a tough spot here because before recruiting anyone else, he has to try to recruit his own program to stay. Um, so, so with that, I think you know, giving the guys a week from the portal opening to when it all happened gives them some time to cool off, maybe take some emotions out of it, some irrash decisions. Um, but, but still, I think it's going to be a challenge to kind of keep guys from doing that. You know, it's kind of funny. We talk about it opening on Sunday, and yet we've had reports of other schools quote-unquote tampering with guys uh, jim leonard talked about that uh when he was when it was brought up with the braylon allen situation with michigan um so it while it opens up now it feels like guys wouldn't be jumping in there if, maybe some would but if some guys know exactly kind of where they may end up even before jumping in there do you think that that, that is accurate like there's guys that kind of know like there's going to be a market for them and they know kind of what that market's going to be even before they go in i mean i think through connections or through people they talked to when they were getting recruited, a good amount of guys have a good idea of what potential outcomes are out there. Um, again, you know, actions speak louder than words, and you never yeah. know what's going to happen. But I think a lot of guys that are probably entering have talked to someone, got advice, you know, seen, okay, well, if I did, theoretically, where, where could I end up? And I think that's going to ultimately kind of lead them to make that decision. Right. I, I want to go back to what you said about recruiting the roster because obviously he comes in at this time with the portal looming and a 2023 class he has to try to put together and maybe players from Cincinnati he might like. it. But first and foremost, he has to recruit the roster. At least to me on the outside, it feels like because he gets Wisconsin and is trying to sell Wisconsin and not maybe sell him, obviously it's, for some point he has to sell him, but also sell the place it feels like because that fit works, even though he's from a different school, that feels like something that would be easier than, say, like look at another coach across the country where Matt Rule goes to Nebraska, where I feel like the fit of Fickle at Wisconsin would help him do that. Do you think that's fair to say as to not how much success he'll have, but maybe just his ability to sell Wisconsin as a destination, as a place? I think so. and I, you know, From what I've heard, he's a great recruiter. Um, you know, I've, I've never been recruited by Coach Fickle, um, but I, I believe that it, the correlation of kind of what he knows and what he's been, what he's grown up to, what he's learned over his years is very similar to what we do here at Wisconsin. So I think that allows him to re relate to a lot of guys. You know, he's been through exactly what we're going through right now, and I think he related that back. You know, when he was at Ohio State, he was the intern head coach. Um, very similar thing happened. They brought in a new guy. Um, so I think him being able to kind of relate to like, honestly exactly what we're going through right now definitely helps with his ability and you know him being able to kind of have that midwest background know the area know how we all interact you know have a good idea of what the chemistry is like allows him to you know, do that on a high level yeah i i'm interested to hear in like three weeks bowl practices come whether he's out there you know tackling sleds you know <laughs> i i or pushing you know whether he's out there you know i not that I'm going to – no conclusions will be drawn. I'm just interested to hear, you know, is he out there, you know, the rolling thing? I don't know what it's called. 
but but whether the, the he's donuts. out there hitting the rolling that donuts, the, yeah. The, the, yeah the rolling the, the donuts <laughs> yeah the tackling donuts yeah yeah or or uh the the bar that, that you guys come out of sets under mm-hmm. which i it would destroy my back i've you know yeah. I, i'm tight down but whether he's going and doing that too you know i'm interested to hear we'll see we'll see <laughs> um go ahead no i was i was going to ask um when you when you look at what he was as a player does it does it matter to you guys like i mean it, paul chris was a quarterback slash tight end jim leonard was a safety a very good safety when you look at the playing career does it does it carry weight with you guys or does not matter whatsoever not not over overly I, I, just because you have a great playing career or you don't have a great playing career it doesn't really attribute anything to you as your coaching qualities i mean Guys can be out there, be great at doing it physically, but come in and not be able to coach, not be able to, you know, explain well to a younger guy how, how to do something and how to do it well. Yeah. That's where I think coaching is a lot different than playing in that. You have to be able to transfer your knowledge of the game and what you know and what you did well to a guy who's not you and entrusted him the ability to do that. You mentioned the you're expecting some changes offensively just because that's just when a new guy comes in, that's what's going to happen. Um, do you want to run the spread and five wide and just throwing the ball all day long? Is that what, is that what you're looking forward to? I mean, I think the O-line, <laughs> we, we love the run I'm just, the I'm just messing with you. Um, I'm just messing with you. Uh, what, what are you expecting? Because there are going to be changes, um, whether it's in personnel or scheme or anything like that. What's going to make it easier for you guys to do your job? Because as you mentioned, you're having to face – loaded boxes all the time there's very little i was about to say there's very little respect for the wisconsin passing game but i wouldn't say that you would not say that i would not say that um but it felt like at times got the, the defenses are saying go ahead and pass it mm-hmm. we'll dare you to you're gonna have to run into this box mm-hmm. how much different does it make it when it is opened up because you guys did pass the ball well at times this year mm-hmm. it just wasn't consistent against some of the better defenses i think being able to spread the field allows for you know marginally less guys to be in the box which means there's marginally less guys to make a mistake which you know results in a bad play or tfl um so with that i think you know definitely in aspects helps to running the ball you know you may not have as heavy of packages but by spreading it out i think it allows lighter boxes and when they do bring those heavier boxes well now your passing threats are open and hopefully one can complement the other yeah uh also let's say in terms of uh, like, I'm sure it's hard, like, when when the offense this year against Purdue, we spoke about this when we were here last, when Mertz would roll out and, and get him on the run on those plays. And I remember uh, you and Jack say, oh, yeah, we like those plays because we're not necessarily having dudes just run straight at us. Um, when it comes to the position behind you, like, does it matter whether legs are involved a lot or not? I mean, it depends. Like, I think you, you want a guy that can break a tackle, you know, make a move. Um but at the same time, you don't want them flying out of there when you have no idea or, like, you're, you got your guy, you're doing great on him, and all of a sudden he flies past you and the guy jumps off and makes the tackle because you had no idea the quarterback was coming there. Yeah, we see that in the NFL where a lot of the guys will just break off and run and then the tackle will have to even grab a bit because mm-hmm. he doesn't know where the block is going. I think it's a tough thing with the guys that run a lot is they right. have no idea where they're going. But um, I think in certain situations where, oh, I got smoked, like, <laughs> look out, you know, try to make a play, it definitely helps them though. Yeah, for sure. All right, that is Tanner Bordellini. That is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. We're live at Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Come on by. Got happy hour going on every day of the week, uh, except for a Sunday, which... 
the Packers play here on Sunday. And as I said before last break, you're going to have to drink to watch them. So you might as well come here to do it. It's a great time. Find a Monk's location near you. We're obviously at the one in Sun Prairie. When we return, we'll talk some college football playoff, get into picks for the weekend. A lot more to come. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. Kenny and Heilprin, live from Monks, Sun Prairie. Come on by. Locations across the state. Place to be. Packers football this weekend. Bowl season coming up. The Badgers will play in one. We don't know which yet. We don't really know when. Uh, I guess, real quick, uh, before we move on, I want to talk about the end of the season a little bit because we not... Do we have to? No, not the end end. Well, you said end of season. I was going to talk about the Nebraska game. Were you? Yeah, 100%. No, I was, no. We don't need to. This guy over here. We don't need to talk about, no. Um, The Nebraska game. I I mean, obviously, it's a really tough week for so many reasons with with the news with Devin Chandler at Virginia, and that's already on top of what's been going on with Leonard as interim coach. Like, it it just, the season off the field, like, turned on its head, right? There's so much going on. I would assume it's really hard to get your mind right and play a football game and prepare for it and then do all the other stuff you guys do. What was it like you're down 14-3 to three going into the fourth quarter actually getting out of there with a win? Because I, I don't know. I figure you guys all think you're going to win. I wasn't really confident down 14-3 to three that they were going to come <laughs> back and win. But what was it like with, with that big fourth quarter to come out of there with a win with everything that's gone on that week? It was awesome. I mean... You know, 14-3 in the fourth quarter, can't say there's a lot of games that end up with, you know, the team that's down by 11 winning. Um, so, so your doubts are, you know, reasonably so. But for us to be able to win that game, you know, band together, every everybody executed all phases. It was awesome. I mean, I, I don't know the last time I've been that excited. Um, I remember when we scored, I came off the field. I, I remember I, I was so happy. Like, I was like, all right, defense, you're up. But... Just the, the pure emotion of, you know, what's going on, you know, everything that's happening, you know, for us to come back right now and be able to have a chance to win the game and end up winning the game, um, it was unbelievable. I, I, I was ecstatic. Did you think Graham Mertz overthrew Garendo when the ball left his hand? Graham did. I mean, it looked like it had the potential. If it was anybody other than Isaac, I would have said yes. But <laughs> Did I'm you like, think he I'm had like, to oh, jump? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I was like, hopefully, I mean, he can run fast enough. He's the fastest guy right. we got. And if there's anybody that's going to be able to get there, it's Isaac. So put it on the money, and it was a great play. It, it was sick. Isaac's, Isaac's awesome, especially he had that tough catch against Illinois for the touchdown. He's got that catch. He can run. He can pretty much do it all. I mean, and, and you feel like anytime he gets, like, past the line of scrimmage, he's gone. I don't know if you feel that same way, but, like, anytime you, like, get him to the second level, it's, it's like, oh, it, there's a possibility he could be gone. Um, that was amazing. I thought you guys did an amazing job in that fourth quarter of just taking over the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you're able to run. The passing was a little difficult just because of the wind. But for you guys to be able to take over the line, did you feel that? Could you feel like uh, things kind of rolling downhill and like it was it was it going felt downhill? Like for a majority of the game, we were able to run the ball effectively. And I think in the fourth quarter, it really showed. You know, even with three minutes left in the game, we were still calling run plays and effectively <laughs> yeah. hit, hitting them. So. I mean, for us as an line, we love that. We, we love being able to just, you know, no matter what you do, no matter what you call, we can run the ball. But, I, I mean, just, just kind of to be able to execute that game plan and then, you know, obviously Graham hitting Isaac for that, that catch, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was unbelievable. Now, I have a quick question because I, was, I wasn't there, but I had, some, I had some people on site that were keeping an eye on this. Did you know 
that you're supposed to go get the trophy? I mean, <laughs> because I, because I don't think it's a trophy that you go get. I, I don't think it's a trophy that you go and like, God, we need it. Mm-hmm. Now it's a little bit different now because mm-hmm. it's the trophy that you guys have. But mm-hmm. I remember I went to a, a Nebraska game a couple years ago where you guys won it, and I sat there waiting for you guys to come pick it up. This was like 20, this might have been like 2018, to come pick it up, and no one picked it up. And I was like, what's going on here? It's not your first thought. Mm-hmm. That trophy's not your first thought. No. No, is I that accurate? So. I think celebrate with everyone else yes. is the first thought. You know, like, like we did it. Like, this is great. Um, you <laughs> what know, do we get for this? Exactly. An ugly, an ugly trophy. All right, no. And then after you celebrate, you know, like, oh, the trophy. We gotta, yeah. Someone's got to grab that. So. <laughs> yeah. An ugly trophy to some. Uh, the, the historic freedom trophy historic. is what we're trying to call it. Historic. To bring some history. But they haven't won it. So that's what makes it tough. It's also only been around since 2014. You can't call something historic that's been around for eight years. Um, also, very briefly on that, did you happen to look around? Like, did you think that was a sold-out stadium in Lincoln? To, to me, it, it, if you had to say. I didn't think so. Okay. I didn't think so. I, I would was, agree. We all agree. Um, but their sellout <laughs> streak continues. Again, I, I said there's the FTX Bitcoin thing. And then there's the Nebraska sellout streak, the biggest scams going. Um, that's Zach Heilprin. That's that's Tanner Bordellini. So I guess when we get into bowl season, then you guys play the bowl game. What what's the off season like for you, or or what is gearing up for next season going to be like here? Are, are you just? I mean, we we got a new coach. So I think with the new coach, there's going to be a lot of off season changes. You know, the regiments he's going to want us to do, strength conditioning. On-field work, meeting room work. I mean, you have to learn a whole new offense. So obviously, there's going to be a lot of mental, mental aspects and pieces you got to put together throughout the offseason. But you know, whatever Coach Fickle's plan is, I trust it. Um, again, you know, I think he's got a lot on his plate right now. So setting up exactly what January through August are going to be, I think he's taking it one day at a time and just trying to get us ready for the bowl game. You don't know who your position coach is going to be yet, do you? No. How difficult is that? And are, and are you, like, scouring the web to see, oh, the Cincinnati offensive line coach, could he be coming here? What, what kind of guys has he produced? I mean, I think as an O-line, you know, we're curious about who it is, but at the end of the day, they're gonna, he's going to hire who he believes can take us to success. Um, so we don't look too far into it. You know, whoever he believes is going to get the job done, we believe in them too. Um, but, you know, it is it is kind of crazy, and not knowing what's next is um, challenging at times. This will be a third different offensive line coach in four years. Is that yeah. is that accurate? Like, yeah. I don't think anybody expects that coming in, and we, we've we've kind of made not light of it, but talked about it with with Graham Mertz. You know, if he were to, I mean, he's on his third offensive coordinator in four years. I mean, he had, and he's on his third, uh, you know, quarterback coach in four years. Is it is it difficult? Do you think, or is it just? For offensive lines, a little bit different because it's different voices, right? And they talk, they tell you, they teach you different things. Joe Rudolph is not teaching the same thing that Bob Bostad is. Bob Bostad's a different voice, and whoever comes in comes in is going to be a different voice as well. And I think that's what makes it challenging is once you finally master something, it's all right. Well, now time to learn something new, master a whole new system. Um, so I think that the challenging part is once you get a real good grip on something, it doesn't really matter because you got to learn a whole new one. But you know, hopefully going forward, there's a little more consistency and. You would have to think the third time around to get a little easier. <laughs> yeah, well, does it become? I like, mean, the, the older you get, like I feel like if this was happening where you're a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, you may be not freaking out, but take it a little bit differently. You've seen a whole lot more now, um, and I feel like it may be easier for you to handle this situation than it would have been as a younger player. 
I think learning, being able to learn two different systems and how they worked and, you know, taking the good, the good parts of both and kind of attributing them to how you, how you work, how you play, um, is a good thing. And, you know, going forward, I think there's probably more carryover than the past you would expect there to be at least some carryover. And there's going to be new things to learn, but with that, you know, you've, you've learned so much to this point that I feel like a lot of carryover and a lot of things are going to be similar. So you played center your, you know, your true freshman year, and you played guard, you've played tackle. Um, I know Bob loved you inside. Joe kind of wanted to throw you wherever, wherever you could be. Do you have a, a position of this is my spot, this is where I want to be? Because I feel like there may be a possibly, I'm just throwing it out there, a possible opening at center next year uh, to potentially take. Um, is that a spot like you would be comfortable taking, or where do you want to be? Yeah, I mean, I, no matter where I play, I think I'd be all right. Um, all right. Just, you know, more of a time thing, reps thing, you know, getting to be able to put the amount of work you want to put into it, you know, really being able to master and get very good at that spot. Um, where I think that's the challenging part about changing week to week to week is that you never get an, as much practice or as many reps as anyone else you're playing in the country. So I think that's what makes it challenging. Um, so, you know, next year, as long as it's consistent, it doesn't matter where it goes to me. I just want some consistency, and I think that'd be real nice. As long as I'm on the field. Yep. Exactly. All right. Come 2023, we're all looking forward to it. All right. That's Tanner Bordellini. That's Zach Heilprin. When we return, we're picking conference championship weekend. Uh, Tanner, we're going to get your thoughts on a team playing in the Big Ten title that you guys faced earlier this season. Talk about the conference title games. We'll make picks. Zach and I are tied in picks as we speak, so this is where uh, this is where the winner emerges. We're live at Monks and Sun Prairie. Come on by, Monks across the state, place to watch football this weekend. Kenny and Heilprin closing after this. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, Kenny and Heilprin, we're back. With Zach Heilprin, Ben Kenny, Tanner Bordelini, all here. We have games to pick, Zach. 32-36-1 is what we stand on this season. Hell yeah. Tanner, summer, I, my climb back from the, the really dumps to get back to 32-36-1 is, is a really impressive feat. It wasn't really a comeback. It was more me falling back to you. There's nobody when worse. You go, when you go, Zach, when Zach goes 1-9, and, and I'm not going to talk in the third person, but when I go 1-9, <laughs> you, you better catch up. And I went 1-9 in two weeks. But the last time... Tanner was here, and he was with Jack Nelson. I went 5-0, and and I'm not saying they had any role in that whatsoever. No. But I went 5-0. There's not a single person worse in this country at picking college football than me, except for Clay Travis, who <laughs> somehow manages to miss every pick he makes. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Zach, the action starts on Friday. The Pac-12 title, Utah against USC. USC is two-and-a-half-point favorites. Caleb Williams is the likely Heisman winner. Utah won the first meeting, though. Hell of a game. USC is this crazy, like, Tanner, when you guys play and uh, l let's say you as an offense don't turn it over a lot, but you have a couple turnovers, but then the defense just comes up with, like, every single drive a turnover. That's what USC does. They're, they're plus 26 or something, like something ridiculous. But insane. that's kind of hard to sustain, right, as, as an offense, as a team. Having something that astronomically high is usually something that doesn't continue every game, correct? That's unbelievable. But <laughs> if they can keep that going, I mean, that, that's just really impressive. Plus 26 is just ridiculous. Well, it's how they're winning. And uh, obviously Caleb Williams, if, if you've seen him, he's, he's crazy. He's, um, he's insane, dude. Like that, that is – so I don't know if I've told you this or not before. I do have a Heisman vote. 
He was so pissed off at me last year. He has a so, Heisman vote, and he, ugh. I put, I do. Eight, you know what? 900 people in this country have a Heisman vote. It's insane. Uh, everyone gets a Heisman vote. I'll let you have my vote if you want it. <laughs> um, but, no, so last year, who was it? Oh, I put Aiden Hutchinson in, in, my, in my top three. You get, you get to pick three guys. I have, like, C.J. Stroud, Aiden Hutchinson, and one other guy. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. That's not a bad, that's not a bad three. You faced Aiden, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. The dude's a, a beast, right? I mean, we heard Jack talk about it last time. He's an absolute beast. And he got so pissed at me. Because? Aiden Hutchinson was not the best at his position last year. Will Anderson was at, at Alabama. A very good player, but he got very upset at me. So, All right. either way. Neither um, here nor there. I am. Uh, either way, what I was about to say about Kale Williams, Kale Williams at the top of my Heisman list right now. That, I would agree. And, you know, there were some connections in the offseason that, that we don't have to discuss. Uh, I'm going to take Utah <laughs> plus two and a half. I'm, uh, I'm, I got a nod from Evo over here, and he said, uh, he said take USC. So I'm going right. to take USC. Uh, the, the Utah tight end in the first meeting, Zach, actually had 16 catches for somewhere near 260 yards. I watched that game in oh, – probably can't say this – in the car on the way home from Michigan State. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. An amazing finish to that game. <laughs> Utah, oh, was Utah, awesome. Utah was insane. The tight end was remarkable. I've, I have not seen a tight end that good. He did not make it into the, the finals for uh, or among the finalists for the top tight end in the country. People were very upset. Yes, he had a really, really big season. All right, the Big 12 title, Kansas State versus TCU. Undefeated TCU in playoff position. If they lose, I, I hope they stay in playoff position so Ohio State doesn't get rewarded for missing a conference title game like they will in the future when the playoff expands. Yeah, they probably um, lost to Purdue, probably. TCU should not be favored in this game. I like Kansas State. Is is your boy playing? Uh, Adrian Martinez not playing. He's he's probably my favorite player in college football. I'm the getting, uh, the former Nebraska quarterback. No, he knows, he knows who you're talking about. Turn the ball over late in games to lose a lot. I may have been looking at him for a pick here. That's what that, that's, oh, that's what I, I that's see, it. He I was see. giving me a shrug of the shoulders. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna I'm gonna take TCU. Max Duggan's been fantastic throughout the year. They've won so many close games. I mean, kind of like Nebraska loses all the close games, TCU wins all the close games. Yes, and eventually you would think that will end. All right, you, you would think so, but then you look at Nebraska and they keep on losing close games. So um, I don't know. Well, now they just lose games. Well, no, they lost close. Wisconsin beat them. And, but then some of them are, are you know, lengthy. Uh, LSU, Georgia, I don't think it needs much. Uh, Georgia, 17 and a half. I, I'll, 17 and a half? I'll take them to win by 40. Uh, Jaden Daniels, you, fa- you saw Jaden Daniels last year. Uh, obviously, you were on offense. You were on offense, but uh, Jaden Daniels was quarterback for Arizona State last year. It was pretty good. He's had a good season. But, they, yes, they looked horrible against Texas A&M last week. He's banged up as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to be an agile moving 17. quarterback with a, when your foot's in a boot. That's such a huge number, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. All right. Um, and then, Tanner, this is where I, I need your expertise. Expertise, excuse me. Purdue, Michigan. 16 and a half point spread. Not that that's important. Purdue. Uh, you guys handled Purdue. They end up winning the West, I guess. What was, what was your impression of the Boilermakers' defense? Because it's, it's been one from me on the outside where down to down, very it, it can be efficient down to down, but it's been really susceptible to the explosive play. Is that something you guys also saw when, when you played them? I remember that game as well because Graham, um, uh, especially to start the game, we remember the rollouts to, to Skylar Bell. 
um, and, and then in the end zone to, to score, the, score the touchdown there. But Michigan, 16.5-point favorites. Purdue has done nothing in the last five years except for beat top five teams that has no business beating. Therefore, I'm going to take them to lose by less than 17, but still lose. Is Aiden O'Connell playing? Yeah. He was at practice today. Was he okay? Because he's obviously playing with a heavy heart. Yes. His brother, uh, his brother died, and uh, obviously that <laughs> horrible. What do, you, what do you think? What do you see this game? I think Michigan's a very good team, but along with that, Purdue is, Purdue's head coach is very good against high-ranked teams, and your quarterback has a lot on his plate, but he's playing for a lot. And so I'll leave it at that. He, he also, I will say, a passing offense like that, really like their last four games of the season their offense stunk they were outside Michigan? windy no purdue. purdue but they're playing in indy which is indoors a little more controlled i would think that would help a team that throws and throws and throws and throws and so what's the what's the spread 16 and a half every time i take like we did this last week with ohio state yeah you know what screw it i'll, I'll they're going to cover. I'll, I'll go with them covering. I'm, I'm anxious to see what a team. what Michigan a, covers or Purdue covers? Purdue covers. Oh. Or, excuse me, Purdue, yes. Okay. Um, and, and then the I'm last in, one. I'm interested to see what it looks like in that stadium. Um, yeah. Because it's the first time an Indiana team has played there. Also, hideous jersey matchup. I, I don't know if you're opinionated on jerseys. He's not. We found that out last night. Oh, time. right, because I asked you guys about the pants. And, and he did and not you care whatsoever. Wondering. I, it makes sense. Offensive linemen don't, don't care about, you know, the the fashion but I can't per- wait can't wait for the black Purdue Michigan that are coming though hideous black, the black uniforms are coming. Uh, coming the last game real quick Zach Clemson North Carolina Clemson seven and a half point favorites I I will take UNC and someone who should be a Heisman finalist Drake May but you won't vote for him because you just go <laughs> for the big flashy story yes Aiden Hutchinson the big flashy story um uh, yeah not, not just the best player that Wisconsin faced last year oh yeah, whatever god, god forbid um where, where am I going here? Where do I need to go with uh, uh, Clemson and North Carolina? Um, he doesn't. He's not giving me anything. You're not giving me anything. All right, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with North Carolina as well. All right. So there we are. Um, <laughs> we will see as the games kick off this weekend. Uh, do you have football watching in your future on Saturday, uh, Tanner? Are you gonna get into conference title weekend or or now? Potentially, maybe we'll watch a couple games, but I'm, I'm guessing not as much as you would expect. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, not as much as I will. Cause no, this guy's going to be parked in front of his team. I, I have no life. I Absolutely no life. All right, that's going to do it for us here. That is Zach Heilprin. Tanner, thank you again for joining us. Um, we, we also broke the news that you will be back with the Badgers next season uh, for your fourth year. So uh, thanks for breaking that on the show, I guess. It was reported by you, but but on the show, you know? Broke on um, the show. I mean, uh, you, you heard so. it here first. So we look forward to uh, to following during bowl season and then obviously as next season approaches. Again, for Zach Heilprin, I'm Ben Kenny. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. See you. Kenny and Heilprin, on demand at madcitysportszone.com.